0: You're listening to Portfolio Builders, a wealth cap Holdings podcast about long-term wealth building and financial independence. Here are your hosts, Chris Evans and Taylor Welch. How's it going, friends and family, colleagues, comrades? Welcome to the Portfolio Builders podcast here with Chris
1: Evans and Taylor Welch. Lil Tay, back in Little action. Lil t- all the way back from California. Back from the beach. How was it? It was a great trip. It was good, man. Hung the out with sun, that boy, Yaki. Dude, Yaki can put down some food, bro. Did he me pay? and him, we were did like, did he pay or did you pay? I tried to pay and he would have let me. He wow. took over, he took his bill. Well, he didn't pay for us. What? I'm like, man, at least go 100%. Don't go 50. Seriously. Man. I was willing to go 100%. Anyways. Yeah, he's
0: a guest that we'll have on coming up on one of the
1: episodes. And I wish Good I would, known man, that when I interviewed him because
0: I would have given him a hard Good time. Good, dude.
1: Hey, let's talk about, let's talk about leverage okay. because. Some of the – one of the risks that we talked about in the last episode was people who over leverage and they don't keep healthy reserves. Mm -hmm. But another problem that I see is people not using leverage. Mm -hmm. And again, dude, I don't know if you guys know, but Chris's background is in high finance, Mm -hmm. mortgage. What is it, REO? Yep. All those good things. You probably – I don't know how many loans you were involved in. Probably a lot. But dude, I love – We love using banks to float our deals. Some of the cheapest money in the world. So we can break down a little bit of math on this episode. So it might be a little bit longer because we'll go into some numbers. But let's talk about some of the pros of using leverage, bro. You know what's crazy too is that the
0: banks are the kings at using leverage. Kings and queens. And if you can get this and understand it, Um, this is how you can grow quickly and I would say safely as well Um, and so yeah I would highly encourage you to consider this and maybe listen to this multiple times but um, what specific questions do you have on on doing this the right way would you say
1: well I think a lot of people don't they're potentially uneducated Mm -hmm. on man how We have a new podcast coming up called New Buyer's Guide, and you talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. how the process works. But man, the the idea that you can you can find an asset for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars, but you only have to pay twenty four grand for it or twenty five grand for it is people sometimes have this idea that it's too good to be true because they don't understand the game. But then they sometimes get frustrated because it's a little bit harder than they think it is. I think that you are penalized. If you're not using leverage, that doesn't mean you can't buy in cash, then leverage it out. Yeah. But maybe the best way to do this is just go through some some math here and talk about how this actually works for us.
0: Yeah. Can I give an example of something that we're both doing right now with Helox?
1: Yes, please.
0: This is when I've mentioned it to anybody, they're just, they lose their mind. Um, because, you know, if you bought a house in the last several years, it is very likely that you have some good equity in the house because just especially since the the recession, um, housing prices have really grown, right? Because they bottomed out probably in 2012. And so there's been a lot of growth. So you have a lot of equity right now, and it's probably dead money in your house. It's not doing anything for you. So one of the strategies that we use is, of course, if you're going to buy an investment property, you're going to probably have to put 20% down um, on that property, okay? So instead of just using your savings account or your checking account, what we like to do is leverage our HELOC. So What we have done is on our properties, our primary, and then I have another property uh, that I I use this on too. It's my lake house in Lake Norman, North Carolina. Um, Must be nice. It's very nice. um, Is we refinance our our primary mortgages into a first position HELOC. You don't have to do that. You can just attach a home equity line of credit onto your primary, um, so you have access to the capital, and because those rates are so low, and they'll probably continue to be low for the next several years, Uh, the money is so ridiculously inexpensive to leverage. So if I see an investment property that I like, guess what? I can tap into that equity today, next week, next month, whenever I need it, whenever the deal presents itself. So I actually don't have to come out of my pocket. And the cash flow that I'm getting from my rentals, I can put it back onto that HELOC. And so my effective rate that I'm actually paying is very, very low, if not close to zero, in addition to the tax benefits that you get from owning real estate. So this is a quick strategy for people who are like, man, how do I get started? You know, I think real estate investing is a is a good option for me, but maybe I don't have a lot of cash on hand. Well, this could be a great option for you is to leverage a HELOC on a house that you own. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, you could also do the same thing with whole life. We had somebody who just invested they have, I think, four or five hundred k in a in a whole life policy. They took uh, a couple hundred grand out of it as a loan mm-hmm. from the HELOC or not to HELOC from the whole life policy, and then they they basically are paying five percent and making triple that. Yep. And so it's arbitrage that you're making money on the difference just from controlling the leverage. Yep. So an average, let's just go average, one hundred and twenty thousand dollar property, and Uh, we'll just use that because it's an actual deal that we're in the middle of turning over right now. So we know all the numbers, top of mind. Uh, $120,000. If you buy that house in cash for $120,000, the rent on this is about $1,200 a month. So 1,200 times 12 is fourteen four divided by 120,000. You're going to make 12% on that deal. Is that good? Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Not too bad, right? It beats, beats the... Stock market, it beats cash in the bank. But check this out. Here's what happens when you use leverage $120,000 house and you pay $24,000 as a down payment. That's mm-hmm. a 20% down payment, which means the bank is saying, hey, look, I'm going to pay for 80% of this and you're going to pay us back. Okay. It's a hundred no, it's $96,000 mm-hmm. as a loan against the property. People do this all the time. It's not that difficult to get pre-approved if you have the right team. So, anyways, you put $24,000 down, and you're now you're going to have a note on this property. And you've got the mortgage payment, which is covering principal and, and uh, interest. You've got taxes that you'll pay. And you have insurance because you want to insure the property, which, by the way, if you buy it in cash, you want to insure it as well. So, insurance is yep. a given. All of those things together, your payments are going to be around $700 a month. So, Numbers, we'll just rehash them real quick. $120,000 property, $96,000 of it you don't have to pay for. To pay back the bank on that loan, that 96K loan, you're going to pay $700 a month and your tenant is paying $1,200. So remember we did the cash on the full buy, 12%. Well, check this out. $1,200 in rent minus, let's just go high. Let's say $750. You have $450 a month in cash flow. Multiply that by 12. 5,400 is your annual cash flow. But we're doing 5,400 as a return on what? 24K or 120K? 24, right? All of a sudden, you have a 22.5% return. Very using nice. leverage doubles your return because you only have to pay 24 grand or 20%. And here's the beautiful thing about it. when you When you buy something in cash, you, there's this term that we use in all of our numbers called recoupment. What's the outlay recoupment? And when you buy something in cash, you have to recover 120 grand. When you buy something with leverage, you end up not actually paying for the property. Yes. Because who's paying that note? You or the tenant? Tenant. The tenant. Who is paying that insurance? You're the tenant. 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 Who's paying the taxes? <laughs> tenant. Listen, here's the beautiful thing about leverage is you end up in 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, whatever the AM is, you end up with the property free and clear that you did not pay for.
0: Woo. Now, now I'm getting excited.
1: So we still look at the recruitment because we want to know, hey, how long does it take to get that 24 grand back? In this case, you divide that 24,000 by 5,400. It'll take you four and a half-ish, four and a half years before you get to 24 grand back. Once you hit four and a half years, you have no—you've not paid for the asset. Mm. The asset is now paying you. You've recovered your full cash outlay, and you're not paying for anything anymore. And you'll own this. Imagine this is what we talk about in the book. We say, "Hey, we have a hundred and twenty thousand dollars cash account for you, and you pay us twenty-four grands. But in the next ten years, we'll pay all of it back, and you'll get access to all the cash." Yes. using leverage is the ability to secure cash accounts, basically, and then. What you're talking about with the HELOC is you can begin to arbitrage further yep. later on. Once you have equity in that house and pull the money back out of the house that the tenant is paid for, there's nothing like it. Yeah. Nothing like it.
0: So at the end of the day, you're building long-term wealth, passive cash flow, leveraging leveraging other people's money. Right? You're leveraging the bank's money to purchase the assets. You're leveraging the tenant's money to pay for that asset, pay for the associated costs, right? You're going to have some maintenance costs like that. Yep. That's all coming from other people's money. Pretty, pretty brilliant. And if you guys it's miss um, the last episode that we, we did on cash flow, go listen to that, because you know this really ties into making sure that you buy the property right so that you have that good margin. Right, you have that good cash flow. This is how you build
1: oh, it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, the book hey, that the book that they were
0: talking that you were talking about was is available oh, for yeah. free. I'm just going to yeah. I'm just going to throw it out here for the people. Throw it. wealthcapholdings.com/book. Go grab that it's right good, now.
1: Good man. Hey, that is good. Good All burn. right. Hey, next episode we're talking about two types of investing, how to wipe out the downside of one with the upside of the other. It's mm. going to be the the best. Can't wait. See ya. Thanks for listening.
0: Discover how you can start building wealth with real estate even without experience in our free book, Why Real Estate and How to Get Started by visiting wealthcapholdings.com slash book. That's wealthcapholdings.com slash book.